Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. Good morning, Summerton Church of God family. Welcome outside with us today as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I've got some good news for you today. Jesus is still alive. The grave did not have the power to hold him. And coronavirus doesn't have the power to stop us from praising and worshiping on this Easter Sunday. We're so thankful that you've joined us. Jamie's going to share a passage of scripture and then pray for us. And then we're going to go inside for some worship this morning. And then we'll come back outside for the message. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, hon. Happy Easter, Summerton Church family. Let's look at a passage out of Matthew chapter 28 together. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, we believe today is a new day for somebody watching today. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a deep faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. I love what Luke said in his recording of this story. He said that the angel declared, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? In other words, quit looking in the wrong place for your answer. Quit looking in all the wrong places for answers. People still do that today. Mm -hmm. The right answer is Jesus and he's not dead. He's alive. Yes. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we're declaring that life over you today. Yes, so just we are. join us in prayer and let's believe that God is about to reveal life to us in a whole new level this Easter season. Father, yes. we celebrate life today, resurrection life Amen. that comes through knowing Jesus Christ. And Father, we just welcome you into this worship, worship experience. For those who are in their homes gathered as families today, we pray that yes. a tangible presence, yes. oh, Father, of your Holy Spirit would come and quicken and make alive this Easter story yes. like never before today. We worship you, Jesus. Join us right now Amen. in worship. Amen. throw a party in the presence of my enemies you invite me to the table when you tell me just to sit in peace you are not afraid when the terror screaming loud at me because you have overcome because you're the god of victory the enemy may be all around me but i'm running free because you set me free the enemy
cannot be stopped. You have already defeated hell. Oh, cause you cannot be stopped. You have already defeated hell. I'm dancing on the grave that once held me bound. I'm dancing on the chains that are laid on the ground. I'm dancing up the dark, the lighting up the night. Your joy becomes a weapon.
all said. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Just 
Because he lives. Amen. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, we can weather any storm, we can overcome any crisis, and we can face any wall in life. And that's what I want to talk to you about on this Easter Sunday. That's why we're here in front of this wall today is because I want to talk to you about walls. And we're all acquainted with some walls that are famous throughout our world. One of those uh, would be the Great Wall of China. Uh, I think most people are familiar with the Great Wall of China. If you're sitting there with somebody smart right now, ask them what country uh, the Great Wall of China is in. Uh, another wall that uh, many of us that grew up in my generation are familiar with is the Berlin Wall that came down in 1989. And then, of course, here in our nation, we've been hearing a lot of talk about the building of a wall. Uh, and, and those are just uh, a few famous walls that we've heard about. But the walls that I want to talk to you about today, they may not be famous, but they are very real. You see, anytime we face a storm in our life, anytime we're up against uh, an adverse circumstance, if we've hit a tough spot uh, in our lives that impedes our progress, many times we describe that by saying, I've hit a wall. And uh, I think, hun, that there's a lot of folks watching us today that are up against uh, maybe one or many walls in their life today. I think one wall that a lot of people are up against is a vocational wall. Uh, I read just the other day where our unemployment rate right now is at 4.4%, which is the highest that it's been in years in our nation, that in the month of March, uh, over 700,000 people in that one month lost their jobs. And that since this coronavirus has come on the scene, that our unemployment numbers have gone from about 1.5 million to now about 7.5 million. Uh, and so there's a lot of people watching me today that are up against a vocational wall. Uh, and you may breeze through life and never hit a vocational wall, but there's some of you today that even though you're not up against a vocational wall, you might be up against what I would call a relational wall. And boy, this season that we're in right now is very challenging with us having to quarantine and with us having to isolate. Uh, I've really been praying for our widows, our widowers, those who live alone. I've been praying for uh, the elderly. I've been praying for our shut-ins uh, because this has got to be a very, very difficult time for you to be isolated from other people. It's like you've hit a relational wall, especially if they're extroverted people and they really need people in their life. Uh, but for some of you today, that relational wall is a marriage issue. Maybe something is, is happening in your marriage. Uh, and then, of course, there's some people watching me that would love to be married, like a, a young lady that I talked to not, not too long ago. And she was like, Pastor, I've been praying for 10 years for God to send me a good man, for God to send me a godly man. Uh, and she's gone to the extreme, even getting on, uh, online and trying the eHarmony thing. She even said, I've spent about a third of my income, I feel like, on eHarmony only to discover that a third of the men that post on eHarmony are married. Come on, what's up with that? Uh, she said, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're just browsing or looking for an upgrade. Uh, and then she said, I also discovered that on eHarmony that most of the men who post there they lie about their age, they lie about their weight, and they lie about their income. And uh, so I tried to encourage her the best I could, you know, with this special gift of counseling that I have, uh, not. Um, and I told her, I said, well, honey, you know, I can introduce you to married couples who thought that marriage was going to be the answer to all of their problems, and it just created a whole new set of problems. Uh, matter of fact, they're not doing the eHarmony thing. They're ready to do the eBay thing and put their spouse on auction and, and try to get rid of them. Uh, but, but you know what I'm talking about. Many of you today are up against a relational wall. For some of you, it's a husband and wife that has wanted to start a family, and it just hadn't materialized for you yet. Uh, for some of you fathers, you're, you're hitting a relational wall with your son. And for some of you mothers, you're hitting a relational wall uh, with your daughters. So you understand what I'm talking about today when I talk about a relational wall. But listen, whether you're up against a vocational wall or whether you're up a against a relational wall today, 
I want you to know that before this worship experience is over today, I believe that the risen Christ has some encouraging words that He wants to impart into your heart and into your life today. But you know, you may breeze through life and never hit a vocational wall. You may never hit a relational wall, uh, but you may be up against a wall of addiction. Here's what I saw the other day, hon, as a result of this crisis we're in right now, is that liquor sales are at an all-time high, and tobacco sales are at an all-time high, and uh, that people are accessing pornography like never before during this season that we're in right now. So a lot of people have hit a wall of addiction that's going to create a whole nother crisis once this crisis is over, uh, this, this coronavirus crisis is over. Uh, but here's what I believe, that even though you're up against a wall of addiction, that before this worship experience is over today, I believe that the risen Christ has some encouraging words that He wants to impart into your heart and into your spirit. And, and, and then another wall that some of you may be up against today, and I think we can all probably identify with this wall more than we could have three months ago, but it's the wall of unexpected crisis. And wow, this coronavirus, it seems like just, just come out of nowhere. It caught many of us off guard. An unexpected crisis that has created other issues in our lives as a result of that. Uh, but, but hun, you know this as well as anybody, uh, that uh, a lot of people were hitting a, a wall of unexpected crisis even before coronavirus, knew what it was like to be up uh, against a wall of unexpected crisis. I, I think about you that uh, back in November of 1982, uh, that two days after I asked your father for his blessing to marry you, uh, that early on a, on a Saturday morning, it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving in November of 1982, and I'll never forget that morning the phone rang at 6 a.m., uh, and it was your sister notifying us that your dad had been shot and killed that morning coming out of a, a place of business there in Pensacola, Florida. So you understand, you know what it's like to hit that wall of unexpected crisis. It just kind of, it just kind of sends you into a tailspin and, and you really don't know how to respond. And that's where some of you may be today against a wall of unexpected crises. And if you are, I want you to be encouraged because I believe that before this worship experience is over today, that the risen Christ is going to speak some encouraging words to your heart and to your spirit today. But you know, the truth is, there's a lot of folks that may breeze through life and they may never hit a vocational wall. They may never hit a relational wall, maybe never hit a wall of addiction and, and, and may, ne may not even ever hit a wall of unexpected crisis. But let me talk to you about the biggest wall of all. And it's a wall that every single one of us at some point in time in our life we're going to face. None of us will be able to avoid it. And it's called the wall of mortality. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 tells us this. It says that it is appointed unto man once to die. And then after that comes the day of reckoning. After that comes judgment. That scripture says it is appointed unto man once to die. Now that blows the whole thought of reincarnation right out of the water. These folks that believe that, uh, you know, that we, we may die many times and come back in many different forms. No, that is not what the scripture teaches. The scripture teaches us it is appointed unto man once to die. And then after that, the scripture says we're going to find out what's on the other side of that wall. And don't think that you're the first person that's ever going to be able to avoid the wall of mortality. Every single one of us are going to face that wall. But here's the good news. Even though we can't avoid that wall of mortality, we can prepare for that wall of mortality. And in order to prepare for the wall of mortality, in order to prepare for the day that you and I hit that wall, the way that we can prepare for that is by getting to know the only one who ever faced this wall and had the power to bust through this wall alive on the other side. He came out alive on the other side of this wall, resurrected, reigning on high, proving that He is the Son of God. I love the way that Jesus said it there in John chapter 11, verse 25. He said, I am the resurrection 
and the life. And whoever believes in me will live even though they die. So there's only one way to prepare for this wall. You can't avoid it, but you can prepare for it. And it's not by putting your belief in Muhammad. Muhammad is still in his grave. It's not by putting your belief in Buddha. Buddha is still in his grave. There's only one who had the power to conquer the grave. There's only one who had the power to lay down his life and take it up again, and his name is Jesus. And when you get to know him, when you enter into a relationship with him, that's how you prepare for life on the other side of this wall because you need to know there can be life for you on the other side of this wall. Jesus said it like this, John 14 and 6. He said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and no one can come to the Father except through me. So there's only one way that you and I can bust through this wall alive on the other side to spend eternity with God the Father in heaven. And that's by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus, by entering into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, I grew up in church, grew up in the church of God. My dad was a pastor. And, uh, and so I grew up with a pretty good understanding of what Passion Week is all about. I understood that on Good Friday, Jesus died for my sins. That there was this doctrine that was taught and still is taught, uh, a theological term called substitutionary atonement. And I understood the word substitute because I'd been to school enough when my regular teacher wasn't there and there would be a substitute. There would be somebody there to stand in their place. And that's what substitute means, is to just stand in the place of another. But substitutionary atonement, and that that word atonement means to, means to pay the price in order to right a wrong. And so I could just kind of put those two words together and know that Good Friday was the day that we celebrated when Jesus became our substitute. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death. That's what every one of us deserved as sinners. We deserved death. But Jesus became our substitute. He died for us. We're the ones that should have been on the cross, but Jesus took our place, and then He offered the atoning sacrifice for our sins. That just simply means that He paid the price in order to write our wrongs. And oh, I'm so thankful that he did, hon, because I couldn't pay the price. My sins had accumulated to the point I did not have the resources to pay the price and the debt of sin that I, have accumul I had accumulated. But Jesus, Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. And I needed somebody who could wash my sins away. And Jesus became my substitute. And Jesus paid a price that I couldn't pay. And I understood that about Good Friday, that on that day, Jesus died for my sins. And then I also understood the Easter message because I'd hear my dad preach it every year. And I've been preaching it every year as a pastor. And I understood the message of Easter, that on Easter, Jesus rose from the dead and that he ascended to the right hand of God the Father and that now he offers redemption. Now he offers the gift of eternal life to everyone who would believe. Now, even though I understood everything about Good Friday, I didn't really know how to appropriate it in my life. And so I fell into that trap of religion. I fell into that trap of works, that, that, that I had to earn salvation that I had to straighten up and fly right. But one day as I was reading Scripture, I discovered a passage of Scripture that totally revolutionized my life. And that was in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, that says it's not by works of righteousness, but by His mercy that He saved us. Oh, you talk about a liberating verse. That verse set me free because I realized for the first time that I couldn't do enough to earn salvation. I couldn't work hard enough. I couldn't pay enough for salvation. And it wasn't what I 
would do that would get my salvation or, or purchase my salvation. It's what Jesus had already done. And all I had to do was by faith receive that gift of salvation. And I understood all about that. And that with redemption comes this thing called eternal life. Eternal life. And, and, I, and I would read a lot about eternal life on the other side of this wall. I'd read about, you know, how good life was over there with, with, with God in heaven. I'd read in the Bible about how that over there on that side of the wall, you know, that the streets are paved with gold and, and the walls are jasper and the gates are pearl. And then I'd read about things like there's no more sorrow there and there's no more sickness there and there's no more pain there. There's no more death. There's no more tears. And, and, and I thought, man, that is... That is an awesome place. God has pulled out all of the stops for us on the other side of that wall. And there'd be many times that I'd hear my dad talk about life on the other side of the wall and how awesome it's going to be and, and, and just how, how, how peaceful and full of joy it's going to be on the other side of the wall. But I got to admit, at that time, you know, I was like 14. I was like 15 years old. I thought, well, you know what? It's going to be a long time before I hit this wall. So yeah, I know life is gonna be great on the other side of the wall. I know eternal life on the other side of the wall is gonna be awesome, but how is that gonna help me on this side of the wall? And then that's when I began to discover some other liberating truths about eternal life. And that is that eternal life doesn't kick in just when you get on the other side of that wall. That it, Eternal life kicks in the moment that we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Because eternal life is not just about, it's not just about a quantity of time, about how long we're going to live. We're going to live forever. But it's also about a quality of life. And I don't have to wait until I get to the other side of that wall for my quality of life to improve. I don't have to wait until I get to the other side of that wall to experience kingdom life in the here and now. That's why Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, I can have peace right now. I can have joy right now. I can have hope right now because I've learned that I don't have to wait until that side of the wall to begin to experience the benefits of eternal life in the here and now. Now here's what that means for us who may be up against a wall today. And just think about some of these walls that we've talked about. Whether it be a vocational wall, or a relational wall, or a wall of addiction, or a wall of unexpected crisis. Because here, here's what we have a tendency to do, hon, when we hit a wall like that. We have a tendency to do what counselors call catastrophize. That the world is coming to an end. We're like chicken little and the sky is falling. And, and we're never going to get out of this alive. We're, we're, we're never going to get beyond and, and break through this wall. We just feel like we are stuck here forever. And, and, and so what eternal life teaches us and does for us is it helps us now. In, in kingdom life in this world helps us to understand that when we come to any wall in this world now, because God has already taken care of the biggest wall in our life, the wall of sin and death, Jesus took care of that wall 2,000 years ago when He rose from the grave, when He conquered the grave. And, and so the biggest wall that we will ever face, the only eternal wall that we will ever face, Jesus has already taken care of that. And we need that kind of perspective. Every time we hit a wall, we need to be reminded that now every wall that we face in this world is only temporary with an expiration date on it. God wants somebody listening to, to me today to know that, that your biggest problem, the only eternal wall that you'll ever face in your life, the wall of mortality, has been taken care of. And now these walls that we face in this world, they're only temporary. They have expiration dates on it. These things will pass. Amen? I remember, hon, and I've told you this story, when, when I was in high school and I was dating a young lady, you know, and I thought I was in love. Of course I wasn't, but I thought I was. And uh, I, I'll never forget the night that she broke up with me. Broke my heart. I was just all upset. I was depressed. I was discouraged. I got in my car, 
turned me on some country music, you know, because I love me some country music. This was years ago, and I turned on the radio, and all of a sudden I heard that song. There goes my reason for living. There goes my everything. There goes my only possession. There goes my everything. I had completely lost perspective. And it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment and said, Come on, Victor. The biggest wall, your biggest problem was taken care of 2,000 years ago. This wall is only a temporary wall. You're just having a bad night. That's a bad country song. You will get through this because the walls that we face in this world, they're only temporary. And that's what the Lord helps us do. He helps us to keep proper perspective no matter what kind of wall we're up against. Or think about this. You know, sometimes when we face a wall, whether it be a wall, a vocational wall, or a relational wall, or a wall of addiction or unexpected crisis. Sometimes we feel plastered against that wall and that we're never going to be able to break away because we think that all we have available to get us past that is our own human resources. Oh, but I love what the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 when he said, Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of their understanding so that they could see all the spiritual blessings that are available to them in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When we hit a wall, we immediately begin to look at what we have to offer and we see a shortage of resources. But God wants us to know that there is no shortage of resources in heaven. And here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. He said, if you'll ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. And if you knock, the door will be opened to you. You see, we need to understand. We don't have to wait until we get to that side of the wall to tap into the resources of heaven. They are available to us now. And let me tell you what the currency of heaven is. The currency of heaven is not money. The currency of heaven is faith. And whatever you need today to get you past the wall that you're up against, if you'll just ask in faith, you will receive everything that you need. But let me tell you what you're going to have to do. You've got to humble yourself and admit that you don't have the resources, that you don't have the power to get you through this. And only after you humble yourself and cry out to God for help, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute, but when you cry out to God for help and admit you don't have what it takes to get you past this wall that you're up against, then God will help you. And then a third thing, when we come up against a vocational wall, relational wall, a wall of addiction, or whether it's a wall of unexpected crisis, we need to remember that we never face one of those walls alone. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Jesus said, I am with you always. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. But I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Because sometimes we come up against a wall like this and we feel like God has forgotten us. We feel like God has forsaken us. We feel like God has abandoned us. But you hear me today, God has not left you. God has not abandoned you. He will be with you every step of the way, no matter what kind of crisis you're in, no matter what kind of storm you're facing, no matter what kind of wall you're up against. And I know you've heard me say it before, but he was with Joseph in the pit. He was with Joseph in the prison. He was with Joseph in Potiphar's house. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. David said this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil, for you are with me. 
and your rod and staff comfort me. I'm just trying to tell you today, God is never going to leave you. God is never going to forsake you. No matter what wall you're up against today, as a child of God, you are guaranteed that He's going to help you keep proper perspective. He's going to provide for you through it all, and then He's going to make sure that you know that His presence never leaves you, never forsakes you, but will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We're going to go back inside, and the worship team is going to sing a song to us that I've asked them to sing here at the end of this message. And then after this song, we're going to come back outside, and Jamie and I are going to pray for you today that walls will begin to come down in your life. Amen. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Still in your hands, this is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Oh, Jesus, never failed. I know the night's won't last. Your word will come to pass My heart will sing your praise again Cause Jesus, you're still enough Jesus, you're still enough Keep me, keep me within your love My heart will sing my heart will sing your praise again. Oh, it'll sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence.
Amen. I've seen him move mountains, hon. Amen. And I believe that if he can move mountains, he can take care of a wall. I believe Amen. he can Absolutely. do it again. Yes. Amen. I want you to pray, hon, for those that may be up against a vocational wall today or a relational wall or a wall of addiction, uh, a wall of unexpected crisis. If you'll pray with them and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray for those uh, to help prepare for the biggest wall of all, that wall of mortality. Pray for us. Father God, we just lift up everyone that is watching right now that is facing yes. a wall that they cannot seem to get past, Lord. Yes. For those who are facing relational issues, vocational issues, addiction today, oh God, they're crying out, needing answers, Lord. Today, we pray that your Holy Spirit would yes. quicken hope to them. Yes. Because today of all days is a reminder of our hope because of what Christ has done for us. Yes. Oh, Lord, I pray for those who hit that unexpected crisis and felt like it just came on them. I hear you saying just as suddenly, you're going to turn things yes. around for people today. Yes. I hear you say what you spoke to me at the beginning of this service, that this is a new day yes. for somebody who's watching, for a family that's watching. It's a new day for that relationship that's in, in, in a crisis today. Right. For that person who feels like, God, I don't know where I go from here vocationally. Everything is shutting down. That today it's a new day. A new day has dawned today yes. for those people, God, who are even facing addiction. We pray, God, that by your spirit, a turnaround is happening yes. right now yes. in their homes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Yes. And uh, as I said earlier, this wall of mortality, it's, uh, it's not a wall that any of us can avoid. But even though we can't avoid it, we can prepare for That's it. Right. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Honey's talking about life yeah. on the other side of that wall. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And then Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, uh, he said, you know where I'm going and you know how to get there. But there was a doubting disciple in the group. His name was Thomas. And he said, no, Lord. He said, we don't know where you're going. Uh, neither do we know how to get there. And so Jesus said these words to him in John 14 and 6. I am the way, yeah. and I am the truth, yes. and I am the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. I'm telling you, the only way to life eternal with God in heaven on the other side of this wall is through Jesus Christ. And so I just want to pray with you right now to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you lived a sinless, perfect life. I believe that you lived a sinless, perfect life. I believe that you died for my sins on the cross. I believe that you died for my sins on the cross. I believe that your body was put in a tomb. I believe that your body was put in a tomb. But I believe on the first Easter. But I believe on that first Easter. That you rose again. You rose again. And that you are alive today. And that you are alive today. And that you are seated at the right hand of God. And that you are seated at the right hand of God. And Lord, your word says, and Lord, your word says that, if I believe that in my heart, that if I believe that in my heart, and Lord, I believe, and Lord, I believe, and that if I would confess it with my mouth, and if I would just confess it with my mouth, and Lord, I confess it, and Lord, I confess you said that I would be saved. You said that I would be saved. Your word says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, your word says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall so in, my hour of need, so in my hour of need, I say, Lord, save me. I say, Lord, save, Lord, save, me. Lord, save me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. amen and amen. Now listen, if you just prayed that prayer with me for the first time, or if you just rededicated your heart to the Lord, please let us know about that. And if you don't have a Bible, let us know. Just give us your address there in the comment section, or you can contact us at our church. 
because I want to make sure if you don't have a Bible, that you get a Bible that's going to help you as you begin your journey with the Lord. And I'm excited today for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior because here's what that means now. That means that the same power that raised Jesus wow. from the dead yes. lives Amen. on the inside of us yes. and now we can overcome any wall that we face in this life. Amen. We celebrate with you today. We love you and we look forward to personally meeting those of you that we've not met yet. We look forward to personally meeting you and we look forward to seeing our Summerton Church of God family again real soon. God bless you. Have a wonderful Easter. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.